Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, that's bad. Guys, what's up today? You must be in really deep and meaningful conversations. Good morning. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sorry. Um, well, perhaps we should just carry on chatting. Yeah, that would be more fun, wouldn't it? Um, let's... Great to see you today. We're going to continue today in a series in the Gospel of Luke, exploring who Jesus is. My name is Matt. My privilege to speak to you today. You're really welcome, particularly if you're here for the first time. And if you want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, we're going to be continuing in this book. Let me pray as we begin. There are Bibles on the side if you want one. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the Lord and you are good. And as we celebrated communion today, we thank you that you came to the earth, that you died for our sins, not because of anything in us, but because you are love. We thank you, Lord. Though we were far from you, you came to us. Though we were sinful, you who were, was holy, died for our sin. We thank you for the new freedom, the new hope, the new future that we have. Please would you continue to speak to us now through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's read from Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. One Sabbath... Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain and rub them together in their hands and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? These are so strict, these people, aren't they? Why are you doing what's, so, what's unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, have you ever never read what David did? When he and his companions were hungry, he entered the house of God, taking the consecrated bread. He ate what is lawful only for the priests to eat. And he also gave some of his, to his companions. And he said to them, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Carrying on, verse 6. This is, so so now, it, now what Luke's doing is reinforcing the same idea by telling the same kind of story on another Sabbath. He went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Can you imagine that, that looking to uh, accuse someone for healing? on the Sabbath. Like, isn't that just so unkind, right? Um, anyway, carry on. To heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up, stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, as he would ask us, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or do evil? What's the answer? To save life or destroy it? Yeah, good. Glad you agree. Let's go home. 
He looked around at them all, and then he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he did so. And his hand was completely restored. So rather than say, wow, God's in this place, we, our interpretation of the, the Sabbath might be wrong because God's doing something clearly. They say, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. So what do we learn from this today? What do we learn from this text of Scripture? And it's really helpful, actually, as a principle, when you read the Bi- a, a Bible verse or a story, is to ask yourself, what's this about? Can you put it into a sentence or two? What does this mean? Because otherwise what tends to happen is you read the Bible and then you go to work and you forget, you, you know, what did I read? I have no idea. What is, you know, it's important to, and even if you don't understand all of it, you can get the gist of the story. You can, get the, you can get the, kind of get the gist here, can't you, of what it's about. And to try and summarize it into something, maybe write that down, is a really helpful thing to do. And it's a great skill. But the lesson I would say today from this is Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath and wants to lead us to true rest in him. And then to use our time for the good of others and to save. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath and he wants to lead us to true rest in him. And then on to using our time for doing good and helping to save others. Resting in Christ is what the Sabbath points to. Resting in him. But we don't just rest. Our rest is to become active. We then go on to do good, as we read in here, and to help to save others. We rest in Christ so we can then do good and help to save others. I don't know what you do with your time How we use important days reveals what's important to us. Isn't that true? If you had a day to yourself, Phil was just saying about, because his three teenagers have gone off to um, the the youth camp, the Snike youth camp, and he was saying how, did you just say how rested you were or something? What were the words you used? Yes, (laughs) yes. He felt refreshed. And what we do with those days, Phil, how you use them, revealed something of what was important to you. And I'm sure you put it to good use, including rest, looking after yourself, doing things that are going to refresh you in this life. What do you do when you have a day? What do you do? Okay, if you had a day off and there was no limit to money, okay, let's imagine this. No limits to money. No limits to resources, and you had a whole day off. What would you do? Shout something. Sorry? Sleep. Sleep. Well, that costs nothing. On a bed made of gold. Um, Sorry? Exotic spa day. So, you know, oh, wow. So, you'd be in like uh, swimming around in like palm trees and I don't know. What's an exotic spa day? Is it like... Super oils that like beautiful fragrances and a massage maybe, and they put those funny stones on your head and stuff, you know. <laughs> That's it. It's so exotic. This, these five stones will cost you 500 pounds. Stay still. They've been warmed under the fires of the Mount Etna. Um, so what, what would you do? So we've got exotic spas. We've got sleeping. Skydiving. 
all day. You'd have to go very high, wouldn't you? <sighs> like, you know, Alice in Wonderland. Ah, oh, 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 just going down. It's a bit boring now, isn't it? Yeah, so skydiving all day, that would be good. Uh, you, you may get a bit hot on your bottom as you flew through the atmosphere. But what you do for the, the, the special days, what you do on your birthday, what you do on special anniversaries, who you include in special days, reveals what's important to you. Days off. Precious, aren't they? I've got a day off. You know you work hard, maybe, and uh, you've got a day off. What do you do with that day? If you're Graham, you peel potatoes. I said to Graham earlier, are you coming up to the prayer meeting? I can't make it. I thought, Graham, you're so uncommitted. I, I felt this in my heart. You're so uncommitted, Graham. He said, oh, we'll be peeling potatoes. Oh, and I took it all back, didn't I? You know, is it better to pray on the Sabbath or peel potatoes? Pray or peel potatoes? Peel potatoes for, for serendipity, right? It's such a great work, such a great thing. By the way, so you are very welcome to help out at serendipity, Remember, do, remember we said about do good? And I asked you that question. Should we do good? On the, oh, yeah, yes. So should you help at serendipity? If you can, maybe you should. Talk to Graham. So what we do with days, and what we see here is Jesus on the Sabbath doing a couple of things. He is eating. They're eating food. And Luke has recorded this especially, and God's recorded this especially, so we see it. They're eating some food, very simple food. It must be said. I mean, I, I'm not sure what you'd think if you said, Lord, please meet my needs. He says, Here's some grain. Pick it yourself and roll it in your hands and eat it. You know, it's a very simple meal, but God's, God is interested in their needs, their hunger. And then he heals this sick person on the Sabbath. This important day is being used to show what's important to God. To do good, to save. That's what's important to God. Conflict is rising. That's what we're seeing here in Luke as well. Conflicts rising, 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 rising. Each chapter escalating ultimately to the crucifixion. Jesus is healing, he's teaching, he's doing good, but the religious authorities hate him. And behind it there are demonic powers that hate him. But he's going to go to the cross. That's what's been predestined. And this conflict is rising. Now, they weren't actually breaking. By eating this food and by healing, they weren't actually breaking any Sabbath rules and regulations. I'll explain to you a bit more what the Sabbath is. It's a day of rest, ultimately. A day set apart, one in six for God. And they weren't actually breaking any rules. What they were breaking was the extra rules that they had made. I think there were 39 of them. They added to what was in the Bible. Because when God says, says keep the day holy, the Sabbath day, you then have to think, oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, it means, oh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, do har we shouldn't harvest in that culture. That would have been a big thing, wouldn't it? I don't remember the last time you harvested, but in that culture, they harvested, Right? And, you know, agriculture was a big thing. So don't harvest. That was a big thing. Um, but, but doing what they were doing, so, but they, they then, you know, so, so they 
escalate. They added things like that. Do not harvest. Do not pick. Do not do. So they added various rules. And that's what they were breaking. And we all, as an aside, we all tend to do this if we're not careful in, in our Christian lives. There will be things that are precious to you that are not actually in the Bible. They're just your tradition. They are things that you've been brought up with, a church culture that you've been a part of, the way of doing music, the way of doing worship, the way of dancing, singing, the way of doing different things in church, in life, that are precious to you, that aren't necessarily biblical when you actually think about it and look into it. They're just ways of doing things that have um, become your tradition. And we have to be careful of that. Um, So, for example, prayer. Now, Jesus says, you know, you you will not be heard because of your many words, for example. And most of us think, oh, if I pray for, like, for an hour and like this, then I'll be really heard by God. And many of you think that. You think I'll see breakthrough if that's my method of prayer. For an hour of knees jumping, more energy the better really. And we just add stuff to our Christianity. And Jesus wants to release, release us from things. And so you'll be heard because you talk to me authentically about things that are important to me. In faith, that's how you're heard. But that's by the, by the way. We're all, we're all liable to become like, you know, the Trunchbull. Have you ever seen the Trunchbull? You know Trunchbull in, um, in Raoul Dahl's book? Matilda, yeah. We can get like that, can't we? Kind of keep, keep inside the line, keep inside the line. If you break, the, you, know, you break the rules and you do it to yourself as well. And Jesus wants to lead us to true rest in him. To rest in him, his goodness. Find true peace in him. So they weren't really breaking the Sabbath rules. Let me just read to you about the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath is really important because it says here in the fourth of the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Holy means to be set apart for God. Yeah, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. On the seventh day you is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Sabbath means cease, to cease, to rest. It doesn't necessarily mean like we do, I'll get up at about 11 o'clock, have, I had, croissant, I had, some, I had two croissants yesterday uh, with jam and butter. That doesn't constitute the Sabbath, you know? Like, again, we make more rules, don't we? So, oh, I get up at 11, watch a bit of television, I stay in my dressing gown until two in the afternoon, you know? The Sabbath was devoted to the Lord. There was a lot of praying involved, a lot of worship involved. It was about true recreation in God. That was what it was at that time. Neither you nor your son, your daughter, nor your male servants, uh, any of body was to work. For six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. So the Jewish Sabbath was the seventh day. What day is this? The first day. So even if you are strict about the Sabbath, which I respect you for, and the Bible says that you can have differences of opinion according to conscience on this issue. It says, do not let anybody judge you by a Sabbath day. 
that's what the Bible teaches. The New Testament has a different approach to the Sabbath, which we'll talk briefly about, and I can only be brief. But even if you do have a strict view on the Sabbath, Sunday's the wrong day. It's yesterday, I'm afraid. Or even, even that's wrong, because the Jewish day started in the evening and ends in the following evening. So it's, you know, you see what I mean? We, we can get into this kind of Christian Sabbath thing. And if you read the shorter catechism of the Westminster Confession of Faith, they are very strict about the Sabbath. The Christian Sabbath. They say it's the Sunday and you're to stop all work apart from what is needful for mercy. And different Christians and different traditions have different views on this and we can respect each other over it. And my, my experience is that I've experienced lots of, and I've had differences of views over the years over this subject. And you will be in different places yourselves. So I'll say a few things about it. Jesus, so we see this, the sixth day of the week was to be holy to the Lord. So you can understand why these teachers of the law were upset because God had commanded it to be holy and in their view, him picking grain and eating in the field and healing the sick on the Sabbath was breaking that. So they felt they were offending God and leading people astray. So you can see why they might feel offended and upset and get a little bit hot under the collar. But Jesus corrects their attitude to the Sabbath. And he first of all uses the example of David. David the hero of faith. King David, who had killed Goliath, if you know that story. King David, who was the shepherd boy who had risen to be the greatest king in Israel. But, and this is not strictly about the Sabbath, he says to them, hang on, uh, you experts in the law, think about your hero, David. Do you not remember how he did something to break the law? <gasps> he went into the temple and he ate the bread that was only for the priests when he was hungry and fleeing from Saul. Do you not remember that? And God didn't judge him for it. Surely, if David did it, if sure, surely there, what he's saying, surely if there are circumstances when it's right for David to break the law, then it's, there are circumstances when it's right for all of us to break the law. Such times as this, when we're hungry and people need healing. So he's correcting them on their view of the Sabbath by using this example of David, that it's good. Even in the old covenants before Jesus' death and resurrection, it was right to do good and to heal on the holy day of the Sabbath. He then goes on to talk about Jesus. He says these, these words. Jesus said to them, I am Lord of the Sabbath. These are, these are very powerful words. He said to them, I am Lord of the Sabbath. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Now, why is he saying, what does this mean? He's basically saying to them, is this. I am God, because these words, Son of Man, are taken from the, the, the book of the prophet Daniel. And he's saying that I am the Lord who gave the law. So therefore, if I say, this is how you interpret it, this is how you interpret it. I gave you this law. 
on Mount Sinai. I gave you the Ten Commandments. And if, I'm sorry, guys, you've become like the trunchbull here. You've made out some extra rules, and it's leading you to be very unkind to people. It's leading you to become, when people are hungry, no, no, don't, don't if you're hungry, you, sh you shouldn't pick grain. Be hungry instead. That sounds cruel to me. And it, sh it is cruel, isn't it? And likewise, someone who's sick and needs healing. No, 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 don't heal them. You can heal the next day. Sh surely that's just ridiculous. And that's what crazy religion can do to us. It can make us ridiculous if we're not careful. Our convictions can be wrong and our convictions can lead to a cruelty. And we see that in the world, don't we? Cruelty. Religion can lead to cruelty. And we must all be careful. Because that's where we go if we're not careful. Jesus says, be careful of the yeast of the Sadducees and Pharisees. Because you will also be led into hypocrisy. You'll be led into a weird kind of way of living that is just unkind. So he says, I am Lord of the Sabbath. And the way I, that what I teach about the Sabbath is right. Now, I appreciate that I'm rushing through this. And I just want to make a few points of application as we finish. Firstly, it's this. Jesus is saying that I am Lord of the Sabbath and I want to teach you what the Sabbath means. And a question for all of us, and this is the basic foundation, is this. Will we learn from Jesus about anything and everything? Will we actually learn from Jesus? And the way we know that is by how we use our time. You're here this morning. No, great. I, I trust we are all learning something by being together here. Please do encourage your brothers and sisters who aren't here and for whatever reason are not, maybe not committed to church and they're your friend. It's your responsibility as a friend to please do challenge them because they need to be learning from Jesus. But not only here are we reading good books, there's great podcasts out there, aren't there? Um, I've been enjoying another podcast recently called um, Renewing Your Mind, R.C. Sproul. Very good. Good, sensible teaching that will teach you some good stuff, good theology, Good biblical, uh, how to read the Bible. Really helpful stuff. Not crazy, not wacky, not weird and wonderful, but really good stuff. So there's, there's one. So there's lots of good books, good podcasts. There's never been more um, resources available. Are we learning from Jesus? He's Lord of the Sabbath. He's Lord of our, even the most precious things, like the Sabbath for them. Even the most precious things for us our relationships and our singleness and our marriages and our parenting and our work and money, I dare to say. All of these things come under the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord, the Lord our teacher. And firstly, fundamentally, what we learn from this is this. Are we prepared to learn from Jesus? Are we listen, reading the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount about prayer? And he does talk about fasting in there. He does talk about asking, seeking and knocking. I'm not saying there isn't it to be any passion and perseverance, but are we genuinely learning from Christ by being devoted to his word? That's the fundamental principle underlying all of this. But three things quickly about the Sabbath. Jesus wants to lead us, as I mentioned, to true rest true rest. Resting in him. Resting in Christ. 
Last week, I believe, Jem spoke about the new cloth, new wineskins, and new wine, which we can summarize as being the new era we're in now that Jesus has come. That's, that's what the new wine is. That's what the new wineskins is. That's what the new cloth is. It's a new day. The old covenant, the old way of relating to God is still God's word, but we look at it now through Jesus. What's Jesus done for us? And I could go on about that. But this is the new day we're in, and specifically to our, what we're talking about today is, how do we now relate to the Sabbath? Now we're in the new wineskins, new wine, new cloth era. Well, you'll, you will search in vain to find any teaching that tells the church in the New Testament to obey the Sabbath day. I challenge you to try to do so. You won't find it. You'll find Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 is what? Come on. Classic. One of those classic verses. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage one another. And all the day more as you see the day approaching. Yeah? Let's not give up meeting together. So that's what he talks about. Devoted to meeting together. But it never says you must keep the Sabbath day holy. On Saturday, you are to meet, to worship, etc., etc. It does talk about the first day of the week, them meeting. That's because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. But it doesn't even command you to keep the first day of the week. It just says they did keep the first day of the week. They did meet because obviously that's when Jesus rose from the dead. So it's a good pattern. But you can meet on a Saturday, on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday. You can do church on any day you like. Because there's no command in Scripture that says you have to meet on a Sunday. It does say you're meant to be committed and devoted to meeting together, but that's different. Jesus, Jesus wants to lead us to what the, the Sabbath truly means. True rest in him. So you will search in vain for any application of that fourth commandment in the New Testament, except in this. Let me read to you from Hebrews 4 and a few verses from Hebrews chapter 4, which I think summarizes the Christian's approach to keeping the Sabbath. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands... Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Now, we who have believed in Christ, yeah, believed, enter that rest. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. So for us... The Sabbath is resting from your good works for salvation and you are putting your faith in Christ and resting in him. That's the Sabbath for you. Sounds, does that sound radical and upsetting? Well, go away and you, know, you can study it and talk to me another time. But I am not going to be bound up 
I, I believe that we are free. You, can, you are not bound to meet on a, on a particular day in this new era, new wine, new wineskins, new cloth, you are to rest in Christ. Which means this, I put my faith in Jesus Christ and I am justified. My sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. Every bad thing and every regret I've ever done has been removed. I can rest. Every rejection that people like these Pharisees throw at me, no, 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 no. I'm bulletproof because I rest in Christ. I am my, my feelings and my, my identity and my worth is not bound up in what anybody says to me. I rest in Christ. That's what it means to keep the Sabbath, firstly. So Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath, wants to lead you to true rest in him. Secondly, he wants to lead us to doing good and seeking to save. We see that in here as well, don't we? Doing good, seeking to save. Firstly, doing good to ourselves. I'm not saying that is the first thing, just the first thing I'm going to talk about. Are we doing good to ourselves? So they were hungry, right? And they ate the food. And I just see that it's a very simple illustration of God caring for our welfare. And it's not exotic, is it? It's a very simple meal he provides. It's some grain in a field with Christ. Let's not be spoilt. Let's not be ungrateful. I talk to myself here. Are we grateful? Or have we become embittered because we haven't got these vast wealth and all the things, you know, exotic things. You know, the simple life of knowing Christ and maybe, maybe being quite humble in the things we have and the place we live and the food we eat is good if we live it in gratitude, receiving the good gifts that God does give us rather than in being embittered for the things we, he doesn't give us. So please do see this, right? This is Jesus himself eating grain from a field. This is King David taking some old bread from a temple. This is not exotic stuff here. And we all need to just say, yes, Lord, with you, I'm going to be grateful for the things you give to me. Let's do be grateful for all the good things because we live in a culture that just constantly, constantly um, is angry. And so let's be grateful for the things we have. Are we doing good to ourselves by receiving God's good gifts? And if, if you don't have enough, Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, what does he say? Give us to our daily bread. You can ask. Perhaps you don't have because you're not asking, right? As James says. So let's ask God. Let's do good to ourselves. And I could throw in some other things as well. Yes, rest. But be careful about starting to talk about keeping a Sabbath and all that sort of stuff. 
be careful about that. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a day off, a day of rest, but the New Testament does not teach us that kind of thing. Be careful. I don't mind if you say, I'm going to keep a Sabbath, I'm going to keep a day special, I'm going to keep it apart, but just be careful because it, it can quickly move into judgmentalism of people around you. It can move into rule-keeping and regulations, and you end up being exhausted by keeping that day if you're not careful. And it can also be used for selfishness as well if you're not careful. So keeping a Sabbath is fine, but it's not real. So, but do look after yourself. Rest. God is interested in your welfare. Moving on very briefly. Doing good and seeking to save others. Jesus wants us to help others to come to know him, to bring others to him, to bring others to this true bread. He says to them, is it good to save? Yes, to save. And how do we do that? By bringing them to the true bread, to bringing them to Jesus Christ. That's one of the things, when we come to know Jesus, that he wants to do through us. Another thing that we do as well is, he talks about praying for the sick here, doesn't he? Praying for this man who is sick, do we pray for people and do we, do we pray for the sick in particular? Can we do that? That's one of the things that God wants to lead us into from this story. So let's, the band's going to come up. What have we learned today then? What's this all about? Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. He wants to lead us to true rest and then to using our time for the good of others, to helping to see them saved. Let's be a community that understands this Sabbath and rests in Christ, celebrates his mercy and grace to us. Let's be a people who are full of trust. Yes, he's going to meet my needs. When I don't have needs, I'm going to pray for them. When, some, when my brother or sister doesn't have needs, I'm going to pray for them. When my brother or sister is sick, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to live in the rest that Christ gives to me. Let's stand together. Let's worship now. Let's worship our Lord. Oh Lord Jesus, we praise you today, Lord of the Sabbath. We thank you for the rest you give to us. We thank you for the joy you give to us. We thank you for justifying us. We thank you for freeing us from sin. We thank you, Lord, for giving us true life. We thank you, Lord, you want to lead us into doing good and helping others to be saved. Help us to live, Lord, according to your will. Amen. Let's worship together.